I'm Bill Hemmer. I'm Janice Dean. I'm Juan Williams, and this is the Fox News Rundown. Thursday, December 31st, 2020. I'm Trey Inkst. Israel is rapidly administering the coronavirus vaccine, already getting the first shot to 9% of the population. Israel is a very young country, according to a recent report from today, 9.3 million people. Uh, We have to consider that um, children don't get this, uh, pregnant women, uh, people who already had corona, so uh, it's not 9.3 million. This is the Fox News Rundown, Evening Edition. Israel is moving forward with its vaccination campaign at full speed. Over 790,000 Israelis were already vaccinated, placing Israel first in the world in vaccination dosages administered per 100 people. To ramp up the pace, Israel opened hundreds of vaccination centers across the country, several of which are supposed to start operating 24-7. A new center opened Thursday in a large public square in the city of Tel Aviv. Israel has been vaccinated more than 100,000 people per day. They've started out the people above the age of 60. This is Yonat Freeling, a senior Fox News field producer. Oh, they're more prone to COVID and um, from what we've learned. Um, and it's a record number and it's very impressive. They also pushed uh, forward the vaccination There's, uh, a week ahead of time schedule. However, this is so successful that they're running out of vaccines. Um, yesterday um, in the Israeli channels and later today, the health ministry did acknowledge that they're going to suspend the vaccination um, from mid-January for two to three weeks because they're not going to be able to vaccinate the second vaccine, the second dose of the vaccine. Um, There were reports earlier today that the Moderna um, vaccines might come earlier. They were scheduled to come in late February, early March. But uh, we just got um, a denial from the health ministry. So um, we'll have to wait and see what happens next week. It's fascinating how quickly Israel has been able to roll out this vaccine program. We talked today with the health minister for Israel, and he pushed back against some of the reporting that Israel would run out of vaccines. He really stressed the characterization, as you've put it, that this is basically all part of the program and that it was something that was anticipated. A very political response from a member of the Likud party. Um, But something interesting that he also pushed back against was the notion that Israel could possibly be politicizing the numbers. He said that there is no falsification of the numbers and there's no politicization of the numbers. It's what you would expect the health minister to say, but he's on the record saying it. In terms of the future. Is Israel going to be one of the first countries, given this information that we know in terms of the successes of the vaccination program, to reopen their economy? And how do you feel that will be used as an example for the rest of the world? It already is being set an example um, in the rest of the world. We saw stories from the UK and Germany and the Israeli um, press and the prime minister retweets them to show how um, very well executed this um, enterprise is. Um, I would say that we need to understand that 
I'm not saying that he's not an amazing enterprise and so many people have been joining to um, take part in this, um, such as the army, such as the, in Israel, we have um, four different companies that provide uh, public health to the citizens. And they're all, I spoke to some of them, some of the doctors that I know, and they said they really feel that this is an historic mission and they're doing their best. We've been in the Ichilov Center and we saw the excitement. Um, but we also need to understand that Israel has signed non-disclosure agreements with each and every company that they bought the vaccines. Um, and while they're not hiding things, I'm, I think that they're not sharing all the information. Uh, we also need to remember that only last week, um, the Israeli Knesset, the Israeli parliament has been dissolved, and we're going to the fourth round of elections in three months, in March 23rd. Some of the political correspondents here say that by March 22nd, <laughs> all the Israelis are going to be vaccinated. Of course, there are, um, it's a humor, but it also could be a possibility. Israel is a very young country, and it has, according to recent report from today, 9.3 um, million people. So with this space, we're definitely going to be vaccinated among the First Nations. We saw Bahrain as well doing a very good job. Uh, we have to consider that um, children don't get this, uh, pregnant women, uh, people already had corona, so uh, it's not 9.3 million. Um, so hopefully we'll be the first one and we'll, we'll reopen the um, economy, but we don't know yet. And we have to take everything as journalists with a grain of salt. We have to look into all the information that we have and to seek more information. Um, I want to ask you about the Palestinians. There's a lot of controversy because the Israeli population is getting vaccinated at such a rapid rate, though the neighboring West Bank and Gaza Strip have not started vaccination programs. As far as we know, there may be officials here and there who have used their connections to get a vaccine, as we've seen in many countries, but... What does all of this mean for the Palestinians? The Palestinians, unfortunately, are once again are left out of the equation. They uh, live right next to us, um, sometimes really close by. Um, and they're seeing how well Israel is dealing with this crisis and how they are left behind. They're going to be part of the international COVAX um, enterprise that supply vaccines to third world countries and developing countries. However, the, according to the COVAX, COVAX initiative, it's only going to start in best scenario mid 2021. So we have almost six months or three months at the best scenario to get them. Um, even the prisoners, the Palestinian prisoners here, here in the Israeli prisons are not going to be vaccinated um, according to the last directive by the minister here in Israel that he, he has announced um, last week. Um, They're sitting cell by cell next to the Israeli prisoners and the Israeli prisoners will get the vaccine and they will not. I heard from human rights organizations that they might appeal to the Israeli Supreme Court to vaccinate the Palestinian prisoners and that Israel will, would help to give more access or maybe aid 
to the Palestinians in terms of vaccine. We've seen a great cooperation between COGAT and the UN and the Palestinian Authority regarding medical aids and testing kits. Um, so hopefully this will be applied to the vaccinations as well. You've been listening to Yonat Freeling, a senior Fox News field producer. We'll be right back. It's a remarkable story, the idea that the Israelis would withhold vaccines from Palestinians in jails. It certainly seems like a human rights case that many would want to take. And it will also be interesting to see when a large portion of the Israeli population is vaccinated, what the response from Palestinians widely is, because oftentimes issues like this are used by the factions in Gaza, for example, to launch rockets and try to bring international attention to the struggles for Gazans. And imagery-wise, seeing a suffering Gaza Strip with zero vaccines and a thriving Israeli population may not play over well in the international press. I guess my last question has to do with a current regional tension. I just sort of want to step back from coronavirus and talk about what's happening right now in the region. There's a lot of concerns over a possible Iranian attack, and this may seem sort of uh, out there. If you're listening and you say, well, what is the connection between the COVID-19 vaccine initiative and regional threats? They're always connected in a way just simply because people are focused right now on coronavirus, not just in Israel, but in Iran, in Iraq, uh, on U.S. bases across the Middle East. And having this other area of focus, I think, often allows these other things to happen behind the scenes, as you and I have talked about a lot. And so there's a lot of things playing out in the region, whether it's the attack that happened in Yemen this week, uh, whether it's these attacks on U.S. convoys in Iraq. How does all of this tie together and, and sort of where should the focus for people be headed into 2021? That's, uh, I don't think we have enough time to dedicate it. Uh, we'll start with Iran, I think. Iran is having one of its most horrible crises, health crises, economic crises. Um, their economy has been declining over years, um, and this past year has made it worse. Um, they did publish this week that they have been trying their first vaccine, the Iranian-made vaccine. Um, but I think that sometimes they use the COVID-19 uh, era sorry, and the fact that maybe their own citizens are um, discouraged by the current situation to shed a light on a common enemy. And the common enemy of the Iranians are the Americans, the Israelis, and their allies. We're also coming to the one-year anniversary of Qasem Soleimani. It's going to be um, in a couple of days. Um, they have vowed to avenge his death, and they haven't done it yet. Um, so we're all waiting to see if this is going to happen. We've seen and we heard um, very harsh comments by their leaders regarding uh, President Trump, Israel, Iran, Israel on its side. <clears throat> also... Um, said a lot of harsh things uh, just today. The IDF has released its uh, 2020 statistics about aerial attacks and in Syria, uh, which were more than 50. And one of the interesting things that there was mentioned there that 
they did hint of uh, doing some other regional things without explaining exactly where. Um, and I think that while everyone is trying to heal from their own sides and their own citizens, sometimes an external thing could, as I said, shed a light or, um, you know, divert the attention. So, and, you know, this is the Middle East. Anything can happen everywhere, anytime, as you have witnessed in the years that you've been here. Absolutely. A lot to keep an eye on going into 2021. You're not feeling a senior Fox News field producer joining us once again on the Fox News Rundown Evening Edition. You're not. Thank you. Thank you. And May 2021 will be a much better year than this one. Amen. Amen. You've been listening to the Fox News Rundown. Rundown. Stay up to date by subscribing to this podcast at foxnewspodcasts.com. And for up-to-the-minute news, go to foxnews.com. Starting June 10th, the Fox True Crime Podcast presents The Crimes of O.J. Simpson, 30 Years Later. There are so many tentacles to this story. It's truly hard to put it all into a nutshell. Emily Campagno takes you inside the crime scene and inside the courtroom, bringing you an inside look into the murders of Nicole Brown Simpson and Ron Goldman. If this trial occurred today, there would not be an acquittal. Available on Apple, Spotify, and foxnewspodcast.com.